The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? What is up, redneck tech people? This is uh, your ginger host, Red Velvet, accompanied by the mulleted man, Keegan. Say hello to everybody. What is going on? Or what's shaking bacon, what as is they shaking? say? What is a crack-a-lacking? Uh, Madagascar is a good movie. Yes, it is. Mm. Yes, it is. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. It is episode 155. That's 155 for people who prefer uh, number names and not single digits. El Presidente is literally just about to join us. Good he had timing. he had He had El Chapo things to do. Deals to make. People to get in line. Um, but he's hopping in now just in time. We are talking about... A couple of things today. The first thing we're talking about is going to be how to determine if you are more of a beginner, an intermediate, or an advanced individual within the uh, hunting content creation sphere. And uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about, so you want to work in this industry. Um, We didn't plan on doing that, but it is basically a part four of our So You Wanna series. It came to me while I was in the shower. That's where all my good ideas come from. You can ask Caleb uh, how many times I've been like, hey, I had this idea in the shower. Don't ask me about the shower. No, I'm. Why can't you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I cannot hear myself. Well, what's your headphone number? Uh, Number four. Number four. Here, do I need to crank it up? Can you hear? I can hear you guys. I can't hear myself. Can't hear yourself? No. How about now? Um, a little bit, yeah. That's maybe you're just maybe you're better. just talking a little bit quiet today. More better. For some reason, you are off camera. Well, it's called the framing job that you did. Well, the framing job was for two people, and then whenever y'all moved that table, and then you added a grown man in here. Whenever y'all moved that table, it messed up the framing. So that's that's should, not on should me. Should I get we, up and fix it, or like you okay. are the closest to it? Just scooch it a little bit towards your uh, side of the thing. You know thing. what they say. If you want it done right, just do it yourself. So you're... Yeah. So I'll need that. That's my power. I'm aware of that, bud. Okay. All right. If uh, you're listening to this, right now uh, we're adjusting the camera for the live, which is a great plug to say that if you're listening to this, you can also watch it. You can watch it after the fact on YouTube. Uh, and you can also watch it live when it happens. We usually try to do these Wednesdays around 3 p.m. Um, we it's, do our best. We do our best. We, like every other 
uh, outdoor production company are moving and grooving all the time. So we're not always here to do them. And that certainly is not going to get better within the coming months as uh, schedules are starting to fill up. The fall is impending and uh, we're getting ready to, to start rolling. Impending. Um, but we're going to do our best. Um, and even if we don't do podcasts, we'll still be active on social. So y'all will be able to follow along in the action uh, for everybody on the live stream YouTube. Hello. Uh, 42 Pros is doing 70 while listening to the stream. I bet you won't do 75. Tim says, hey And uh, Nathan Winter says, says, afternoon, boss man. Hola. All right, so. Production class coming up. It is. Yeah, we're, that's exciting, isn't it? We're less than a week out. We are. We're, no, we're exactly a week out. In seven days, there will be people. Students coming to learn some stuff. I always get yes. I always I'm always very excited for for that but I get the same kind of like uh nervousness for that as I get like going on trips because I really want to make sure that uh people who come here are getting what they want to get out of it no, and learning a lot. No, no, that's not why. You want people to leave and think Red Velvet is the quintessential best editor and producer out there he's that no, guy that, i don't i mean you if they want downstairs earlier if they like, want to think that you are cool and i you am need, cool you need people to know that i didn't say you needed people to know that but i am you cool act like it you implied it everybody wants people to know they're cool you don't yeah. want people to think you're cool caleb i don't care if people think i'm cool no you don't you don't care no no, no. as long as people still think i take good pictures of dogs i'm really really don't care beyond that See, I. You guys make me sound like I'm really stuck up, and Just I'm actually not. We did. We have not made you sound pretentious or self-centered at all in the least. Keep your sh- keep your face straight. <laughs> couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Anyways, uh, I I genuinely do want to make sure that people get like what they came to get out of the class. Um, that's my first and foremost goal. And uh, I always get a little nervous because it's like I got to make sure that I'm saying the right things, giving people the right information, and uh, trying to teach everybody stuff. Feels like a little bit of pressure sometimes. It is a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure every time we turn on this podcast. Every time we go out with a client, there's always pressure, and you got to be able to perform under pressure. Yes, you do. Can you? I can. Mm. How many times can we say pressure in the next 37 seconds? A lot. Pressure. It sounds very like a recent political speech from (laughs) our current government leaders. Mm, Pressure. Don't compare me to that. (laughs) I'm I'm far more intelligent than our government leaders currently. (laughs) Uh, So is this table. Yeah. Um, So shall we podcast? Like get into the actual podcast? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. You're you're in the chair. I'm following your lead. How do I keep getting in the chair? You're in. You're in the chair. So I can move chairs. Nope. No, I'm pretty comfy. Mm, me too. All right. So, to preface the class, um, and if you've been to the class, you'll know this, but we usually try to kind of segment uh, the class into uh, what we call a beginner, an intermediate, and an advanced group. And uh, the reason we do that isn't because we're 
trying to make anybody feel a certain way about being beginner or feel a certain way about being advanced. It's so that um, we can really meet everybody where they're at. Uh, we don't belabor any information that is routine or basic uh, to any group. And we also don't give a bunch of information that is too advanced or not applicable to another group. Um, and so we always try to kind of figure out um, who is going to be in, I guess, each segment of the class so that we can just make sure that everybody's getting um, information that's a little bit more suited to their skill level. Um, well, and, and, and we can focus on that that skill level and not mm-hmm. jump all over the place because it sometimes you know we we've we have been accused of rambling and going off topic sometimes who me no no i said nobody in particular <gasps> he said we i said we <laughs> i said no one in particular so we have to try and narrow our focus and that's why it really helps us to try and break the classes up to where we know ryer is going to teach advanced i think this year i'm teaching intermediate and clay is going to be teaching the beginners and Keegan is going to be bouncing back and forth doing content and helping anytime we need somebody for, for, you know, another set of hands. So I think that's the way it's going to work the best. I still do not hear myself like I normally hear myself. Yeah, you seem kind of – why don't you move it a little closer to your mouth? Maybe it's that. That's not helping a lot, but it still it sound like a I – It definitely helped. It helps. Um, why don't you put – Why are those on? Yeah, why don't you put two on and see if that helps? Okay, because these suck. Yeah, that's maybe. There you go. Put those on. I'll know. Let's uh, now. I can't hear anything. Well, there number we go. two. Yeah. You okay. Gotta crank that's yours. much better. Crank there we that go, soldier boy. You know what? Um, freaking soldier boy. Uh, the band came on my shuffle yesterday, and I wasn't mad about it. It was kind I'm, of a nice I'm, little throwback. I'm, I'm mad about it that we're talking about Soldier Boy on this podcast. <laughs> but um, all right, so thank you. In in an effort to maybe um, one help some of you guys maybe be able to determine what your skill level is, and for those of you who are coming to the class, we hope you're listening. And uh, we know you're listening. We have faith in you. Yes, uh, we're going to go over kind of where we see each of these skill levels laying. That way. Um, you guys kind of have an idea of where you might fall so that uh, when we get to the class, we've got a good idea of who's where. And uh, again, it's, it's, it's okay. Be really honest with yourself. If you are a beginner, that's cool. Every single one of us have been a beginner um, at some point and known literally nothing about anything. Um, Everybody starts somewhere. And even though I would label myself as advanced, I still feel like I know nothing about anything. So um, it's, it has nothing to do with your your skill level or or abilities. It just has to do with how long you've been doing it and the amount of skills that you've and experiences that you've built and up your, over and time. Your willingness to learn. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Being coachable, um, knowing that you're not that you don't know everything. Um, you can ask any of us, you know, we've been doing it collectively over 20 years, but we still don't know half of what we should, you know, we're, f- we're faking it till we make it almost every day. You know, we're having to figure a lot of things out too. I mean, especially me in business. I mean, this is still all, you know, very new to me in terms of like how to do this correctly. So I'm a, I failed, I fail daily. True. Thanks. 
Same, I mean, I, that, I was speaking collectively, but I, if you wanted to take it personally, I guess I you I took can. that a little personally. <laughs> and I took that personally. <laughs> so, um, you can always, you can always <laughs> count on Ryder to bring you down a peg. <laughs> you really can. Yeah, it's the best part of coming to the class. He just kind of belittles you the whole time. Yeah. Talks over in, your head. You walk in his door and he's like, this is the advanced class. Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> Never makes eye contact. <laughs> Honestly, it's because sometimes I have to think. I can't look at people in the face when I'm talking about things because I have to think about them. And if I'm looking somebody in the face, then I start thinking about like the classes are, are mentally draining for me. They are. I'm sure they are for you too, because like we go down some deep, dark alleyways in our mind that we don't get to exercise a ton um, and answer questions that we might or might not get a lot or have to, you know, tackle some concepts that, um, we haven't had to tackle in a while, especially when you start talking about beginners and intermediates, um, advanced stuff. And then you, you know, you, the advanced stuff, you have to kind of broaden what you're talking about and figure out like what people need out of it. But I remember, I know after the end of the third day and the class is not like, I'm like physically exhausted because my brain has just not stopped for three days. And this year is going to be four days. So it's going to be a real, you know, marathon, but I'm planning on not trying to stay up till one, two o'clock every night on this one. Like trying to like pack it in like at a decent time, like maybe eleven ish. See, the year. problem is I always pack it in, but then you want to stay. Mm-hmm. So it's then I end up yeah, staying because you're so you, cool. You also do this thing where you're like, "What do you think, guys? Um, should we should we start looking at this on the computer? Should we edit this one?" And then everybody's like, "Yeah, that'd be cool." And then you, we go down like nine hundred rabbit holes, and then look at the watch. And you're like, oh, it's time to get up this morning. Neat. Mm-hmm. Neat. Well, <laughs> neat. <laughs> Very nice. So, Caleb, when when I ask you how you might define somebody um, who has a skill level of a beginner, obviously, obviously that starts at no skills and no experience. But kind of where where does that range stop? I think. A beginner is someone who uh, has a camera or a couple of cameras and they enjoy the, the idea of filming, but they don't understand how to make something look the way they want it to look. They don't understand why someone's colors or images or videos look a certain way. They don't even know how to describe them. They're like, I just, I watch Harlan Bowhunter and it's so much better than what mine looks like, but I don't know why. And to be able to explain to them, well, it's got a lot to do with what camera you're running, how you're running your camera, knowing how to run your camera in manual. Essentially all the, 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 the steps that it takes to say, to get someone comfortable with their camera. I say a beginner is someone who has a camera, but they're not comfortable with the buttons and what the functions of the camera is. And then also it even bleeds into getting comfortable with your computer, how to dump footage, how to organize your footage, how to sift through it to try and start your first edit. I don't think editing is in the beginner category. I think maybe getting it into the editing program might be, mm-hmm. but like actually trying to cut it up and make something out of it, like that's a little more of that intermediate level. Um, that's how I see a beginner, somebody who has a camera, but doesn't know how to use it effectively yet. I think I, if I had to define it in a very simple, like quick, easy way, I would say that, uh, you know, that you're kind of in the beginner phase. If, uh, what you need to learn or don't know is largely mechanical as it pertains to operating the camera and, or the software. Um, 
like you don't know what the buttons do. You may not know how to hold the camera. Um, you don't necessarily know the terminology or how to apply that terminology. Uh, same thing with like the computer. You don't necessarily know how the computer is is working or what buttons to press to get or certain what, things or, or what things are happening in the background when yeah. you do press that button or like, how the editing a, program is yeah. working there's at a, a status bar. What's it doing right now? Right. Yeah. Um, I think the beginner phase is really um, a very mechanical phase where you're trying to figure out how do I work these things mm-hmm. with like the buttons and the controls. How about you, Keegan? I think both of those are very accurate. You know, a lot of the things as somebody pick, just picking up a camera, you're trying to figure out why the button you pressed is doing the thing that it's doing yeah, mm-hmm. and or how you can get it to stop doing that. I, I would say I was a beginner up until I worked in this industry for three to five months. So over three years, I was a beginner. So there's no like time frame or learning no. curve like it's some people catch on and pick it up extremely quick i know like mm-hmm. um i think thomas uh he had been doing this professionally for like less than a year and i feel like he's more creative and better than a camera than i am sometimes um some people like him just have a knack for it and they have an eye for it and they understand it and they're tech savvy and they pick things up they understand you know shooting and editing and you know getting dialogue and angles and all those things and then some people, like obviously like me, apparently, takes a little longer to 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 get it. But I also had never had anybody teach me and show mm-hmm. me either. I was always trying to figure it out on my own. And I didn't even know what questions to ask. And that's what bothers me sometimes with beginners and maybe even intermediates is they don't even, they don't understand enough to know what questions to ask. Yeah. And that sometimes is, is, a, is a hindrance because, I, and I've said this before, is like, I don't know what they don't know. You know, so right. I don't, under, I don't know if when I say, iris or f-stop or you know shutter speed like do do you know what those words mean mm-hmm. okay how how granular do we need to get yeah um and sometimes people are embarrassed to say i don't know what that is you know right. i've been that no, guy it's a before. hard thing to admit yeah i've been that guy before you know i've been in a room with people saying stuff this that and the other and like yeah the roi of the tpi of the this that and the other and it's like yeah it was 34 percent everybody's like oh that's great and i'm like yeah 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 that's <laughs> stellar no well, idea Especially for a lot of people stepping into this industry, you know, a lot of them like are our age that have mm-hmm. started a career or done something already and are transitioning. Yeah. And they were probably very good at what they were coming from. And now you're jumping into a new, completely different field and trying to learn all this stuff and you're uncomfortable not being good at something. And that was really hard for me when I started getting into it. You know, I've been guiding forever and ran a construction company and everything else and then jumped into photography and videography Mm -hmm. and wasn't good at it and it's very hard to just accept hey i need to learn this and i need to take myself down a little bit and be okay asking for help yeah well and it's and it's okay not to be good at something i'll be the first to tell you the things that i'm not good at um but that's why i try and hire people for things that i'm not good at i try and hire people that are better at things than me that's why you're here you're way better at social media and marketing than i am i'm i'm i've figured out that i'm really good at trying to keep the whole thing organized and the you know, the wheels the wheels greased, making sure things are staying on track, and trying to find the best people and create the best team. Like that's what I want to do. That's what I'm good at. Trying to keep people happy, 
have good work, good clients, keep up relationships. Like that's what I've tried to make be really good at. Ryer has obviously stood out in being a really good producer and a really good editor. Ryer will be the first to tell you and tell me if I'm wrong. It's a lot of stuff I have to do every day he does not want to have to do. He doesn't want to have to do the emails and the phone calls and the bull, bull crap that I have to deal with a lot of times. He's not got the personality for it. I also don't have the personality to do some of the things that he does and the things the things you do. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But that's why I try and be the guy that figures out, okay, what role does everybody fill? And then the same thing goes to production. You know, some guys are really strong photographers, but that doesn't translate over to the video side as well. Some guys are really, really good videographers, can't take a picture, save their life. You know, some guys are good editors. Some guys don't want to edit at all. You know, there's, there's, everybody's got their strong suits, and that's the advantage we have is, you know, for the most part, we're all really good at about all of them. And we can tackle just about everything. But for you as an individual to try and be really good at all those things, it's hard. Like, you've got to spend, I mean, an immense amount of time. I mean, I mean, I couldn't even quantify the hours. I mean, I'm sure you couldn't either. How many, I mean, how many hours have you spent behind a computer and Lightroom and Photoshop and Premiere and behind a camera to create the pieces that we make? I mean, it's hundreds and thousands of hours. Um, and you can't, that, it doesn't happen without work. It's just like anything else. And that's why, you know, I was on a podcast last night with um, uh, Winter Productions, who's on here right now. And, uh, you know, we're talking about all the information we give away. You know, and it's like, you know, he kind of asked me, like, why do you give away so much information? It's like, well, because the, the, the limiting factor is nobody's going to put in the work. And we put in the work every day. Like, we're always, you know, and we've put it in the work for the last, you know, for me, almost 11 years. Ryer, what, seven-ish years. You know, it, it's 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 just, you know, and you've got to be able to do all those things. And most people aren't willing to do the work, and they're not good at all those things. That's how we separate ourselves. That's why we don't guard ourselves with any information, because... Most people aren't going to, you know, they're not going to rise to that challenge like we have. And that's why we've been as remotely successful as we have been, in my opinion. I went way off topic. Not really. Okay. Only slightly. Well, sorry. it's kind of in the whole realm of, you know, we're talking about the class right now, but Mm -hmm. the whole thing we're talking about is, so you want to be a producer and Mm -hmm. work in this industry. So, you know, that was right on par. Um, Intermediate. Intermediate. How would you define somebody oh, who's me again? Okay. intermediate? Um, I would say intermediate is somebody who understands their camera. They understand how to get good quality footage, but the 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 and maybe they they understand the you know the basics of you know getting footage into a timeline. You know, they they have a rudimentary understanding of codecs and why can't camera shoot one versus the other, compressed versus uncompressed, those type things. But where they're lacking is trying to produce dialogue, how to manage time and, and manipulate time when, you, when you're talking about editing, and then the whole storytelling aspect of it, um, some of the simpler things when you're talking about you know how to shoot a time lapse and what that means in your timeline, how to try to get somebody to talk to you and what you need to get in terms of you know um, when somebody tells you something in the field, how to get B-roll shots and how to get you know shots that go along with the things that were said um, essentially taking that step up from, okay, I know how to get a good image. Now, how do I build a good video versus just getting a good image? That's how I, that's how I would define it. Yeah, I think you're going from uh, figuring out how to use the 
uh, equipment and the programs mechanically to what product you can produce with them. Mm -hmm. You're putting you're putting the buttons and the controls to practice. And you're confident and in those buttons and controls. You're yeah. confident in your abilities to run your camera. Yeah. At that point, you can pretty much know the buttons without looking at it. Yeah. You know, you can be watching something else and pressing the right buttons to make sure everything's happening. Yeah. And, and you understand, like... Not having to worry about yeah. what's going on. Yeah, you understand how to use, you know, why you have different lenses and what they're for mm-hmm. and the advantages of a wide lens versus a long lens versus a f2.8 versus an f4 versus a you know a zoom lens versus a prime lens like those are things that you 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 have a rudimentary understanding of mm-hmm. why lensing is important and um that those type of things you don't not and and none of these at any level i mean maybe a little bit more in advance but at any level like this technical specifications of things like knowing absolute specs and and technic technicalities and and every codec and every, I mean, I don't know if that's important. I, th- I mean, you talk to Nate Thomas. I mean, he's edited The Crush for, you know, 13, 14 years. And you start talking technical stuff to him. He's like, I don't care. I'm just making it look good. And yeah. I don't care about any of that crap. So there, there, is, there is a place for it. Um, but I don't think learning the technical aspects of everything that you're doing isn't as important as kind of like what you said earlier is like getting out and just shooting. Quit making excuses. Get out and shoot, you know. There's and, and then figure out why it sucks, because that was what I would do. And I'd come back with video and I'd put it together and I'd be so happy with my little video. And then I'd turn on Outdoor Channel and be like, "Mine doesn't look anything like that." But I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 separation from mine to theirs was so big, it almost seemed insurmountable. But it's not that hard to get there. I promise. I mean, look at us. I mean, there's th- three idiots and there's one idiot downstairs, and we do it every day. It's not that hard. Still amazes me every me, minute. Every day, it does me too. I look. I was sitting there the other day. I was going through those pictures that I have in mm-hmm. my office when I redid my office or whatever, and I just started like Simsy was there with me, and he would look through pictures. He'd say, oh, Daddy, where was this one? And I was like, Oh, that was in Missouri. And that was in Kansas. That was in. Just start rattling stuff off. Yep. I'm like, Dude, I have done so much stuff. I don't even remember half of it, and gone so many places and and. And I was like going through trying to find one one video I did for Dudley, which still never found it. I was like, I've done like ninety some videos for Dud, ninety videos. That, I, I wish I knew the count of how many finished products have went out, just from me, much less Copeland Creative. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's thousands of videos, thousands. And it's like you don't even remember half of them. It's like somebody, somebody's like, "Did you shoot this?" And you're like, hmm, "I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe." <laughs> Does it look good? Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, but it's 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 uh it's taking a lot of time. It's it, I say it's taking a lot of time. It feels like it was yesterday. I was just getting into this crazy crap, but um, it's been a lot of time. Yeah, I think um, I think it's important too uh, that the drive to want to make better things is what I think propels you through the skill levels. Um, I feel like there's I a lack when of that people right now, though. I really do. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lack of people that want to improve their skills. I feel like they're stuck in that YouTube crap grind, and they don't well, want to improve. Well, I think, I think there's, there's a lack of you seeing it. I, th- I don't know if necessarily there's a, 
lack of people that want to be better that are bettering themselves. I just think you're seeing so much less of it because there's so many people like the market right now, call it the market, the social barrier, media and the barrier to entry it's is so flooded low. with people who are, you know, call it mediocre and are okay with that because that's what they're seeing elsewhere. So they're seeing other mediocre people because there's so many of them right now that have come into it with the GoPros and cell phones and everything else. Yeah, I mean, you could put your iPhone in 4K, hold it horizontal, oh, and film me. stuff. Trust me, Dudley's tried to get me to do it. And want to choke him. It's passable to a lot of the standard of what you're seeing right now because there's so many people just putting crap out there. Lots I think, of crap. I think that there's not, right now, there's, there's not a built, unless you inside of yourself have this, there's not a built-in incentive to do better work. Which is ironic. There's a built-in incentive, yeah, to do work, to do things. But like you said, once you get to a certain level and are able to figure out what the algorithm and in in turn the audience likes and wants, well, you you get all of the um, validation that you might want through likes and comments and engagement because you figured out okay, if I do this amount of effort and it, I do this thing, this many people will like my th- yeah. my stuff or this many people will comment, holy crap, that's dope, dude, or this, this, whatever it is, right? And so you get to a certain level where you can produce that and now where's the incentive? And I think it's at that point that you realize that there is a difference um, between people who maybe are doing it for to get the clout and to get the likes and to it's funny you do say this that and there's um, not to interrupt, but I'm going to lose it. Otherwise um, it's kind of the same thing as when you talk to your friends and your family and you show them a video or a picture and they're like, Oh my God, it's so good. That's how a lot of this commenting is now too. Right. And you get this feedback and it sounds positive and people like it or you get likes on something that doesn't necessarily mean it's a high quality piece of something. No. But, but and there's a lot of factors that go into like, oh, why are you why are you getting those comments? Right? Because like you said, there are a lot of people making higher quality content than the um, than the pages and the people that are getting recognition for the mediocre content. Mm-hmm. But well, there's a reason those those pages are getting the feedback. The social media platforms and YouTube have glorified quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. And that has ruined so many guys like us. Not ruined, but like de-incentivized production value and effort. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, no, get it out. Get it in, get it out. Get it in, get it out. Get it in, get it out. And I've gotten that. You know, Ryan and I have butted heads on that before. It's like, I want to take my time with this. It's like, well, we got to get it out. We got to get paid. You know, it's like, okay, but. You know, and I have to I have to try and juggle both sides of that fence because I, we have to run a business, but we also want it to be a really good product. But in the middle of that is what's called a deadline, you know. And if we 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 have to hit two of the three, and the deadline's got to be one of the two. Man, we need a soundboard with sound yeah. files. So yeah. when you said deadline, I could have played some like ominous, spooky yeah. music. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's quantity over quality has 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 overtaken this business, especially in the hunting space and the fishing space. Might be even worse with GoPro headshot videos. You know, look at the waterfall world. Yeah. yeah, little black dots falling out of the sky. Gosh, yeah, I mean, watch paint dry. I think, and I I don't say this necessarily to um, toot my own horn, 
I mean, I know I get a lot of crap for being, you know, super cocky and really egotistical. And awesome. I, awesome. And awesome, yeah. yeah I, there's so but many people I think, that say you're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, like, I mean, I know that I've re- I, I, I know that I've reached a certain skill level. But at the same time, I think what has allowed me to reach the skill level that I have and what keeps me trying to push my boundaries is this, like, insatiable desire for perfection and to be better. Mm-hmm. And I think Caleb knows this as good as anybody, and I'm sure you're probably getting a taste of it, Keegan, and Clay will say the same thing. Um, I am as hard on my work as anybody, yeah. and I I'm rarely ever satisfied like you can ask them after every single thing that i make like do you like it do you think that you came back with good stuff this that and the other and i i'm i'm very hard on my stuff and i that drive to always do better and find all the flaws in my stuff and figure out how to not have those flaws Mm -hmm. is what has propelled me from the beginner phase to the intermediate phase to the advanced phase mm-hmm. because at no point in the process have I ever been happy with where I'm at and where my work is at. And mm-hmm. I think that that separates a lot of guys is do you have that drive? Do you have the drive to be better, to get better, to want to do better things? Or are you happy with where you're at? Because at whatever point that you are satisfied with your work, once you reach that point, you will no longer seek out information to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get left behind. And that's when you um, that's when you stop creating or getting better. But I think it has a lot to do with, you know, it's kind of like you, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I think it's got a lot to do with the kind of content you consume too. It's like if you consume mediocre YouTube content and that's what you like, then that's what you're going to create. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, no. I'm, I'm not saying like, but I consume the highest quality content minus maybe Blue Mountain State. <laughs> That's some pretty high quality content. It, it, it is. It's a really fun. Like, I mean, and, but, and also there's a difference. Like you've got high production value shows yeah. and then you've also got shows where it's just like simple writing genius. But the thing, the things that I think the, that would be one of them. the things that get me the most now you know if you ask me what, what kind of content the most? What, what kind of content <laughs> I, I hope consume I never hear that again <laughs> god dang what kind of content I consume I, I I wouldn't give you essentially like a specific show but it would be like ones with really good characters really good stories and ones that have great production value and great writing um because I'm not good at writing I'm not, I don't ever get to really work on character development a whole lot. You know, those are things that I aspire to try and work into something that we do. It's hard to do in the hunting world, but those are the things that I care about. Um, You mean you didn't develop Chuck Belmore? (laughs) No, there's no (laughs) developing Chuck Belmore. He is a, he is one of a kind. Thank goodness. Are we talking about advance now? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you, uh, that's the rest of it. So you want me to talk about advanced now? I'm oh, asking. so you're just saying everything that's not what we just talked about? Oh, that's so. advanced. Done. All right, end podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, <laughs> I think I think that um, if if beginner is mechanical, just figuring out how to push the buttons, and 
intermediate is really understanding what those buttons do and how to manipulate them to get the visual results that you want and being able to tell a basic story. I think that advanced is one, understanding the entire production process um, from start to finish, uh, and two, starting to really dive into more of instead of just how to get what you want visually, how to get what you want psychologically from your yeah. from your stuff. Like how do Sub- I subconsciously yeah. how do I pull emotion out of the viewer? Like how do I make them feel something? How do I get them to think a certain thing? Um, what what shots will allow me to get the look and the feel that I want? And why is that the look and the feel that I want? Yeah. Understanding the entire process from uh, a, somebody coming to you or you coming to yourself with an idea. And we then... come to un- ourselves with an idea? Yeah. Okay. I just had to... Cool. I got the good recovery. Yeah. That's what he does in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot as crap. That's a good one. Come on. I'll cheers to that. That was a good one. That was a solid joke. <laughs> that was a solid joke. Um, That's what I'm here for. Basically figuring out the goal of the piece and understanding how to get that um, through style and shot, shot, the type of shots that you get and, and how you color it and how it sounds and how, um, how you make your, your entire viewer, edit yeah, it. How you want to make yeah. your viewer feel. Yeah. What do you want them to feel? And, and you're you're no longer just thinking about okay, how do I just get this stuff so that it's cool? Now you're really trying to understand how the entire everything that the viewer sees and hears affects them, and how to manipulate all those things to get them to think and feel what you want them to. Yeah. And advanced is where it gets fun. Advanced is where you're confident in everything that you're doing. You know your cameras, you know how to manipulate them, you have the gear, you have the experience. Now it's like, okay, I've made some really solid content. How do I take it to the next level? How do I make, how do I bring emotions into this? How do I bring feelings and desires and, you know, good, bad, and ugly? How do I make people, how do I want someone to feel when they walk away from this piece of content? Do I want them to be happy, sad, excited, mad, you know, want to fight, want to run through a wall. Like, what you know, what are you trying to do with this piece of content? And I think that's where the advanced stuff comes in. That's where we, that's where we really try and spend a lot of our time. And I think a lot of that comes from the planning and the execution, and you know, really taking your time to do things right. You know, if you think it's going to take three days, it's going to take you five type thing to do it right. Especially where higher. It's true. Can't deny that. Um, I think also when we were talking about it earlier, you said that uh, an advanced person would be somebody who uh, is comfortable. Like once you have an advanced skill set, you should like somebody can come to you with a project and you feel comfortable taking that project from idea to delivery. Yeah. And doing all the things necessary for that. You said that you said that's how you were going to approach teaching the class. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You said I said that. You I, thought you, no, I thought you. thought you said you d- it. You definitely said that. I feel like you said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you did. I thought you said. Okay. You specifically phrased it getting paid in the industry. Oh, but I did say that. He took it a little bit. I remember that. More eloquently. That, okay, yeah. sure. 
Ryer was elo- more eloquent in his words. He does try and use some $2 words sometimes. I do. I Three and $5 sometimes, occasionally. Ooh, big money, baby. You'd right. be spending it. So now what? I don't like this where you just sit there, you're like, so what's next? It makes it. At least he doesn't do like this, where he just gets <laughs> up in your face. Do I do that? Just direct eye. No, oh, I was just I've saying in general. That would yeah. just. Oh, that would really my, freak you out. Put my which arm it around. Let me put my arm around you and just pull you in close and be like, move on. No, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. <laughs> Got a lot of comments there. What is all that? What's all being said? So, um, Winter Production says the fact that there are only four people watching this. And taking advantage of somebody or a group of people willing to share and teach shows that people don't want to put in the work. No, he wants true to story. take advantage of you. Yeah. And um, it's always the same four. You know, it's the guys that want to, like, mm-hmm. grind it out and work hard. Like, that's what we like. Those are our kind of people. 42 Pros has got to love the process, not the destination. And that's mm-hmm. very true. I think especially with Speaking editing. Speaking of him, it was really good to meet you the other day. Oh, oh did you meet him at iCast? Yeah, yeah he, he was oh, at cool. iCast. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Broken Straw Media says, I fight that battle on a daily basis. We're up to seven videos a week between two producers. Kills me on the inside. Mm. Yeah, that's a Jeepers. that's a tough production schedule for sure. Um, and Nathan says, a YouTube has created a big increase in the simple, quick, no-polish videos. Yeah. Yeah, we're aware. It has. It has. Um, drive me nuts. And then Tim like, said, "The information in them is good, but just you're just my lunchtime entertainment." Oh. It seems a little late for lunch. It's four eighteen. I'm offended. Unless he's on the West Coast. That's true. He's on, he's on the West Coast. He's in. I think he's in Oregon. Good mm, Oregon. Oregon's Pretty beautiful. sure he's in Oregon. Pacific Northwest. How do I remember that things? But I can't remember. Like my wife asked me to bring something home last night, and I forgot. Because you remember things that are important. Oh, dude, oof! <laughs> I literally pulled oh. up. She was sitting on the front porch at 9 o'clock last night. And I got out of the truck. I said, what are you doing on the porch? She said, did you bring home when I asked you to bring home? And I'm like, oh. She's like, I bet you brought home everything you needed, though, didn't you? I'm like, I was on a podcast. I'm sorry. I'm this. And she's like, you just, you just, nothing's important to you. And I'm like, I'll, I'll just go put myself to bed. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> I'll see myself out. That's how I felt. Yeah, so I think the second part of this podcast is um, so you want to be a professional in this industry. Do you think that needs to be a second part of the podcast or a second podcast? I mean, we could we could do it next time. That's I'm fine. just I'm asking. I, mean, I think it all kind of ties in because we've okay. touched so much on it. Yeah, and like going through the beginner and intermediate, advanced, okay. and our little rabbit holes have kind of tied all that together. And I think it's important for people that want to be in this to understand. Um, what the different levels are so that maybe they can identify with themselves mm-hmm. in the, hey, maybe I'm a little be bit honest, better than what be I honest am. With, be honest with themselves, too. Yeah. A lot of people aren't honest with themselves. You know, because a lot of people might think that they're beginners and actually be a little bit more than what they are. And yeah. I mean, there's going to be some vice versa. And there's going to be some middle ground in that, too. Yeah. I think that just helps. It would have helped me at that standpoint to identify myself like that. Yeah. And kind of just fact check myself. And once you're intermediate, there are um, there are companies and things that you can work for. Like I th- I think that once you're intermediate and you know how to film, like and you're comfortable with your camera, you can start doing um, some like freelance work. I think. Yeah. Like I I 
I mean, I don't know if I, I'll say, I'm not going to say like companies, but there are definitely companies that like they just hire, they hire guys to um, just go and film things and they don't need anything special. In fact, they hardly need any, any producing at all. Like you literally just need to be able to show up, put your camera in a tree and record yeah, a deer don't. as it yeah. comes through and is hopefully killed. Yeah. Like if you can do that, there are some companies that you can get work with. Mm-hmm. Um, if all you, you need for YouTube. Yeah. I think in order to. You don't even need that for YouTube. Man, you got to be in focus. <laughs> True. Don't get me started. So you want to be a producer, Caleb. So you want to be a producer. I did many years ago and now I am. And we are. Um, I, I, the first thing I would say is it's not what you think it is. Um, if you watch a lot of YouTube, if you watch, you know, outdoor television, Sportsman's Channel, um, Outdoor Channel, uh, if you've if you've grown up watching it like I did, uh, what you see on TV is what you see on Instagram. It's the highlight reel. It's the best of the best of the best. Um, there's a lot more to this job that nobody ever shows or nobody ever really talks about maybe other than us, I guess. Um, there's a lot of, when I say there's a lot of negative and bad that comes with it, don't get me wrong that the positive outweighs the negative, but there's no such thing as a perfect job. Um, there's only one perfect job out there that I know of. Um, and, and it's only for one person. He's the only one that can have it. But, uh, the, which is, I can't say, Boy, you really, really piqued my interest there. I'll tell you after the podcast. And then just let me um, down hard. I have. Anyway, nope. there's um, there's there's a lot to it that doesn't get, that never gets shown. Like the late nights. I mean, Keegan slept here last night in his office. On the floor. On the on floor. On a layout blind. Because like he, a true waterfall hunter. Because he was trying to get through a bunch of stuff that we need to get through before the class starts. Um, I've spent many, many late nights at the office grinding behind a computer to get an edit out that I'm not happy with, but it's got to be out tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Many, many sleepless nights in trucks and airplanes, driving all over the place, flying all over the place, um, lugging heavy gear, you know, dusty, you know, roads and a ranger trying to keep your cameras clean. Hiking up and down mountains when you know good and freaking well you're not going to get a shot at anything when you get to the other side, but you're going to go anyway. Um, God, that sounds exciting. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of just grinding um, that nobody talks about. And not like the not like the glorified Instagram grinding. Yeah, no, like, no, no, I'm no, freaking no. grinding, bro. No. Doing the things, making the stuff work. Like it's you don't want to be there doing it. Yeah. Dark no, shot, great. It's 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 like the perfect example for me is my one trip to Alaska was not a good one. Keegan's gonna talk well about Alaska. I hated it. But I got there Oh, I could talk some terrible things about Alaska yeah, and well, convince a lot of people to never go there. Mine was terrible. And I and I've got I mean, I've I can tell you many, many stories of Things that did not go well and didn't go right, and I can tell you about some stories that were wonderful. And but you I love would, the keys. And, and oh God, no. Um, there's but the you keys also, are a death trap for for electronics. Yeah. We've you've lost what two drones? He's lost two drones. One, one, where's the second one? I for thought sure, you for sure one. 
I thought you lost two drones two years in a row in the Keys. No. It was three years in a row that we had problems with the Keys. The only Keys trip that we hadn't, that that something didn't die, camera-wise, was the one that Clay went on last year. Apparently, you did something so went like wrong. I need to send Clay to can- to Florida from now on. Something so went like wrong. You lost a drone. I dunked a camera. I had I lost a five um, D Mark IV in yeah. Florida. It wasn't yeah. the keys. Okay. It was in Florida. So five so D Mark IV lost a drone. It. I forgot it on the back of the truck and drove off, and it wasn't there when I got back. And then I dunked a camera. Yeah. It was bad. I had had it like two weeks. Oh, it was bad. Oh man, somebody so was so bad. excited when they found that. Oh, it had, dude, it had to been trashed. Had to been, but. I filed a police report and never got it back. Yeah, Florida's a horrible place. I hate that. I hate that entire state. Um, but there's, you know, there's just sitting on the side of a riverbank on a kill site trying to hunt a freaking brown bear, and it's pissing rain sideways. You're in chest waders up to your neck. You're standing because the, the guide was too hardcore to bring chairs for people to build a little blind so you could actually sit still. Um, and you're standing there in the rain trying to keep your cameras dry for 14 hours a day for four days like there's nothing fun about that like that's the bad kind of grinding the worst kind all you want to do is go back to the plywood box that you have to sleep in get dry and go to sleep and but you know that it is currently 2 p.m and you have another eight hours before it gets dark before you can do that so if that sounds fun to you and you can do that day in and day out, you know, year after year, then this is this is a great gig for you. Now, are there horrible parts to it? Yes. But to me, the, the, the good parts when you when you are successful and you've worked your butt off and you finally get that elk or that deer or that turkey or whatever it is on the ground and, you know, you do it with a, a group of people that you enjoy being with, you've told a good story, you've done a good job, you bring it back and you put the edit together and it turns out to be, better than you could have expected. It makes all those times worth it. Um, But there are going to be some really crappy, crummy times in the middle. Uh, You spend a lot of time, and here's probably the worst part, and Ryder will, I know, echo this. And, I mean, you are a guide forever, and you're going to definitely get a taste of it this year, is when you do this job for clients, you are always on their schedule. You're never on your schedule. And your schedule and your and your needs in terms of sleep, rest, you know, packing time, travel time, eating time is never what they want it to be. You have to eat when they eat. You have to travel when they travel. You have to sleep when they sleep. Like you can't, you don't have the freedoms to go and, and manage your life the way you would if you were at home, not on a trip. Your life filming is completely ran by the client you're with and the hunt that you're on every aspect of it every second of it you know and that'll or, change week to week too and it change, so like you can't even by, get into that change by day you know it'll change you know going from one location to the other the weather sucks and you gotta you literally unpacked everything it took you two hours to unpack you get there and the weather sucks well we're gonna leave we're gonna go to another place so you gotta pack everything up go to another place unpack again and do it i mean that happens all the time but even beyond that, you know, I'm somebody that after a certain amount of time with a group of people, as much as I love them, I need some time to myself. And when you do that for 30 straight days, when you're with the same people or a group of people and you never can get away from them, 
and you can never have that quiet alone time where it's even if it's taking a nap, if it's playing on your phone, if it's you know about the only alone time you get is when you take a shower, if you get a shower. Um, so it, you've got to really think about that, uh, and you've got to be really good at dealing with different personalities, with different egos, with people that are really worried about the way they look and the way they appear to the world. Um, and that's, that's the kind of people you're dealing with all the time. You've got to be able to tread lightly. You've got to know when to speak up and when to be quiet. It's a very multifaceted, multi-skilled, between whether it's emotional intelligence, whether it's you know social intelligence, whether it's you know computer savvy, there's a lot of things you have to manage, and then every client's different. All of our clients are just completely different. Like we've got Chuck, who's really friggin' easy because he's been doing this as long as long or longer than I have. He he gets it. Um, so you you have clients that are great, then you have others that are that are really hard. Um, it's and some some clients don't respect your time. Some do. It's you have got to be a chameleon, and you have to be able to roll with all the punches. I think that the major thing that people should think about, um, because obviously the number one thing uh, when we say we film hunts, guys are like, oh man, you so that means you just get to go hunting for a living, living the dream, man, living and, the dream. And yes, but I think the difference between. Obviously, the diff- there's lots of differences in like, oh, I have a camera, and I'm not the one pulling a trigger. But, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'd still do that to go on the hunts. Well, you have to think about when you go on a hunt to enjoy yourself, even if, if it's kind of a crappy hunt and the conditions aren't good or whatever, like, you get to decide when you hunt, where you hunt, who you hunt with, how long you hunt, um, how you're hunting, what you bring with you. What, what you what animals you decide to go after? What caliber where, of animal you're going to go after? Yeah, where you where like if you're going to hike over to that next ridge, if you're going to leave super early, if you're going to leave late, if the conditions suck, you could just pack it in. Like when you go hunt for yourself, like you said, you have all of the self agency, and so part of the reason why people enjoy hunting for themselves and or why people enjoy hunting is because like you can do it the way that you like to do it enjoy the freedom and as soon as you stop enjoying it or stop deciding that you don't want to deal with that thing you can go home and you can stop or you i don't want to go over that hill over there i don't really feel like going and stocking that dough oh i don't feel like going getting up early today i don't feel like doing this thing like you have complete control over all of the aspects of your own hunt. As soon as you start doing this for a living, you lose all of that control to the point where it, like, it literally doesn't matter what you want to do. You're going to go do whatever it is that they want to do. Yeah. Like, if they want to go hike three canyons over in your head, you're like, this is stupid. We're, there's no point in us doing this. Um, we're not, this isn't going to be productive. It doesn't matter if they want to do it. Guess what? You get to go do it. Like, if they want to stay extra days, you stay extra days. If they want to leave early and go somewhere else that you aren't prepared for, didn't know you were going to or whatever, guess what? You're going there. <laughs> if you if you think, uh, I'll get, I would usually get up at 4 a.m. for this hunt, and they want to get up at 2.30 so that everybody can have breakfast for an hour and a half before they go out, 
and you don't get a choice to sleep in because, A, either you have to film the breakfast or they're all so loud you can't sleep through it. It doesn't matter. So it isn't about, like, you fun personal hunting is not the same as you going on a hunt for clients. Because as soon as you lose all of that agency, all of that, like, personal will, you know, you're going to get put into situations that are going to annoy you, that are going to... Uh, maybe piss you off. That's going to be inconvenient for you. That's going to make that you're going to be uncomfortable because you weren't prepared for this thing. Or sometimes you're just doing stuff and you're like, literally, this is the stupidest thing that I've ever done. And then you do it. And then it's still the stupidest thing that you've ever done. And you're like, I knew this whole time that it was the stupidest thing that I've ever done, but you can't do anything about it. Right. And And you have to, and through all of that, you have to continue to be creative. You have to continue to do the things have you have to continue to work attitude. and you have to have a positive attitude. You can't sulk. You can't be a butthole about it. You can't try to force your will on anybody. Like you have to go along with it and have a good attitude about it. And okay. that, that I think a lot of people think that they can do that. And not a lot of people can, it's a very do, specific type of person that do it can for do 150, that. 200 days a year. Yeah. Um, it, it's, there's there's that drawback to it. There really is, and it, and it gets really hard sometimes. And there's, I've been on many hunts. I've been on elk hunts. You know, the top of the mountain, the most fun that you can have. I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to go home. But you got to stick it out. You've got to continue to climb and go every day. But on the other side of that, on all the you know the the quote unquote negative that we just talked about, which there is. I mean, there's negative with everything. When you get the call for that one that you've been waiting for, that Yukon moose, the, the helicopter hog hunt, the you know the really cool story in the really cool place, you know when that elk finally does come in, when the turkey finally does come in, it makes all of those terrible, terrible things all worth it. Um, but it's the same thing hunting. I mean, anybody that's done any kind of like hardcore hunting they know that there's a lot of suck that comes before you finally are successful. There's a lot of work leading up to killing a big deer, an elk, a turkey, or whatever. So, you know, but just know if you're the kind of person that doesn't deal with constantly changing schedules, very, very lack of any respect for your time, um, you don't deal with change Discomfort. Discomfort or lack of planning, lack of scheduling, lack of notice, then this ain't for you. Uh, You've got to very much be able to accomplish a lot with very little to no plan and no time to plan for it. Like we, we have gotten to the place like right now, right where I'm sitting, if it were to happen, if one of our clients were to call and say, we've got this amazing thing that's happened we're going to get to go on this crazy cool trip or hunt. It's going to be tomorrow. Can you be on a flight tomorrow morning? I can. I could be out the door on the road in the next two and a half hours. Um, and you've got to be able to do that. You've got to be sitting here, absolutely no plan whatsoever. To everything's packed. All my clothes are packed. All my gear's packed. And I am on the road either to the airport or driving to a location in two to three hours. Um, that is, that happens, that's happened more times than I can count, um, especially with Chuck, because when things get good, fish start spawning, whatever, you just got to be able to go. Um, 
and you've got to not only be able to do that, you now and you talk about in my case, which you know these guys don't have to worry about as much, but you know you've got to have a family that's willing to say, yeah, go ahead, go, you know that's your job or whatever, or if this is something you're passionate about and you want to get into more, that they're willing to let you go and try it. They're allow, willing to allow you to go and make mistakes. They're allow you know allowing you to go out there and you know, network, meet people, you know, hone your skills, all those things. So um, just be ready to roll with punches always. And, you know, like Ryer said a minute ago, always, always, always having a positive attitude the best you can. There's been a couple trips. Having a positive attitude for me was next impossible. Alaska was one. The Keys was one. Um, Ohio, that one we got screwed by the outfitter, was one. I can think of a couple that were just like, I am on the edge of just snapping, as Chuck would say. But um, you got to hold it together. And, and some people just aren't. They don't have the personality or the gumption to keep it together. So you just, I mean, if you're not that guy, you're not that guy. I think a lot of it, you kind of almost just have to be built different. Yeah, oh, you for know, sure. There's a lot of times that you it's say anybody head. can do it. Every bit of it's it. in your head. And there's, a, there's so much of it that anybody can do. Yeah. But the extreme versions of it not everybody can do and the realism is there's most people can't do it you know the schedule's hard man it's a I mean, hard schedule look at when you called me and said hey i want you to come work i was on a plane the next morning at 5 a.m mm-hmm. and i didn't go home for two months mm-hmm. you know i had my camera and some baggage and that's all i had for two months of running around filming doing everything else yeah you know, there's a lot of people that can't physically do that. And they look at us like we're nut jobs because we can. You know, the, the, somebody, well, I was telling somebody the other day about driving somewhere, and they're like, yeah, that's like five hours. I'm not driving. I'm flying. I'm like, five hours? I'm driving 10 tomorrow. I'm like, why would you drive? Why would you fly to go five hours? Oh, my God, I'm not driving that far. That's too far. Like, dude, that is ludicrous. It's, well, only, it's only eight and a half to Little Rock. It's not that far. It's like nine. I mean, just take a look at, like, when you look at the people who do this for a living, um, <clears throat> they all have, like, this certain kind of mindset and desire and a way they want to live their life. Mm-hmm. I think that part of it is, I just think that, like you said, are built different. Um, like, if you if you you can make more money and set and have a better schedule and still shoot your camera and be creative and be in a creative realm and make more money. <laughs> right. And make outside, more money outside this industry, not, not doing this, <laughs> ten right? Times more money, 10 times more money. The people I think who do this are driven by are cra- a little and, crazy. And I can say this for me and I'm sure I could probably There's say this for you crazy, guys. Let's be honest. Like I'm driven for, I, I adventure, and telling the stories. Oh, anytime. Like those, those, like, and if you ask any any guy who does this for a living, I think most of them probably fall in that category. Like, they, they, I crave newness and adventure personally. Well, we've talked about some very outlandish, very extreme, very hardcore things that we would that we've talked about. Like, it would be cool to do. And both Sign of you me are up like, right now, tomorrow, let's go. Yeah, I want to go. The harder, the longer, the you know, the meaner, the oh, you, you know, want me to hotter, the film colder, for yeah. six months straight. Done. Yeah. Do so, leave? but but 
that all comes down to being psychopaths. Yeah, just having a, a <laughs> mental, like you just, I, I, I could do it now. I, I would do it, and I have a desire to, not like I used to. Mm-hmm. I think it's changed. It's changed for me over the years. Just, I mean, honestly, you know, my family's changed it for me. Like the, the thought of like this crazy, long, gnarly adventure. Like it still gets me excited, but I also have to dial that back and be like, okay, I got to be a little real here. I got three kids at home, a family, a business, all this, that, and the other. That is something that I I don't think a lot of people understand when they get into it, especially like at a young age. Yeah, you know and. It's a young man's game. It really is. I've seen it just because I guided so long, and I've been traveling pretty much nonstop for the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to lose all the, like, relationships with your friends, your family, That's as they, they develop their own lives without you in it for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. Things change, and it's hard. Yeah. You're not going to find a significant other unless it's somebody that lives a life like you. And that's a very hard thing to find when you're traveling and you're gone all the time and you're not Mm -hmm. in places where you're going to interact with other people that aren't the people who are paying you to be there. And and somebody to to find a significant other that's understanding enough to say, I understand what this means to you. I understand Mm -hmm. what your passion is and I'm here for it. Um, Just... FYI to you listening, there's girls that'll tell you that they're not telling the truth. Yeah, they're so full of shit. They're so full of it. They 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 never like my wife is she got into this after we were already married. She didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> if she and she's it's, it's hard on her, but she's gotten to where she does better at now. But now that our kids are getting older, it's getting harder on me. But uh like I don't know if we were just been dating and I would have done what I did in those early years, like if we could have, if anybody could live through that, like it's, it's hard. So that's another thing you got to think about is like, how important are your relationships and are you willing to lose those relationships? Because I mean, Ryer said it, I mean, the couple craves a relationship killer. I mean, it is, I mean, I'm, I, and I, and I don't mean it to be that way. I mean, I never would want that on anybody, but well, I think it's a hard lifestyle. It really is. I think like you said, and this applies, this applies to just, like regular friends and family, um, but also to significant others. I mean, what we do is very different from how people usually live their lives. No, very. And the way that most people live their lives and connect with other people is through like regular hanging out and these like semi-regular traditions and people going and doing things together on a very regular basis. Right. And I think that uh, relationships are much the same way, obviously. Like you, you and your partner want to be together. You want to go do the things. They want you involved in their life and you want them involved in yours. Um, and what happens is, well, September, October, November, December like, comes. Peace out. We'll see you in four months. Right. <laughs> and so you, you now are gone and you can't go to the bowling night that your friends have every Wednesday. That was the or, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of you things. I don't, like I don't have a bo- softball. I don't have a bowling ball, league on Wednesdays, league, but I would do one. We're trying to think of things that or, people that aren't nut jobs do. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what don't kind of traditions know, people yeah, have. I don't like, even know what they do. And even when you're what here. What do you do? <laughs> I always wonder, like, what the heck do people do, like, at night after they get done with their nine to five? What do you do when you go home? Oh, God. I well, and, and here, Mainly let me continue I don't go home on until what, it's yeah. midnight. 
I want to continue with what I'm saying real quick, and then Sorry. we can move off. I didn't into mean this. to interrupt you and hurt you. But I think what's really difficult, and I can only speak for like women, because I've Ryder is so badass and committed to the work. That's the reason he's still single. It's not the shirts. <laughs> Amen. Exactly. But I'm that, just so that's freaking definitely cool. Definitely why bowling came to mind because of the shirts. Well, I got some freaking sick bowling shirts, and I know it. I walk up pimping. Up in that, up in that alley. Oh but so, like, if you have a girlfriend, she wants you to be involved in certain things. Like, her friends get together to do this thing, or there's a birthday party, or a wedding, God, or an I've event. I've missed so many weddings and like, over the years. If no. you have a girlfriend, she wants you to be there. And I can only imagine how difficult it is to have... I'm just going to continue talking over yeah, you guys, because I'm going to get this freaking point out. Go ahead. I can only imagine how difficult it is to be, like the one who's got a significant other that's never at any of the things, and everybody's like, where are they? My what wife. are they doing? My Why wife. are they not here? We don't ever see them. And I could, I, Do you I, actually have? A yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, do they exist? What are they doing? And then they got to be like, oh, the, he's in. Especially how we he, travel. They and they don't, don't even know. know. Like, yeah. like, he's somewhere dear. What is it, September? He's somewhere out west. Yeah, he's in the west doing elk. Like could be a different. Can we country. FaceTime him and 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 he can like talk? No, he doesn't have any service right now. I yeah. I get no, like two texts. Five p.m. He's prime time. He's in the stand. I get yeah. two texts from him a day. Yeah, you know, and Proof I I imagine life. that 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 wears on. Oh yeah, wears on people significantly. But oh, that's where, when I went to Alaska my first year, I had yeah. lived with a girl for a year and a half, and I said I'm going to Alaska this summer, and came home, and there was no girl there anymore. Mm. Jody, I also Jody didn't Tucker. have phone service for five months. So, Oof. so either, like you said, it takes a very specific type of person to be the significant other to somebody who does this job. Special. And I think crazy I, special. I think a lot of like you've said They're this before. Crazy um, for guys who have a wife and kids and responsibilities. Yeah, um, she keep it real. She does. <laughs> she does. Um, it's a lot harder of a transition. Like, if you've got all those things and you want to do this, to transition from that into this is very difficult. Whereas, like, well, I guess the nice thing with us is just going forward, it's just it's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're either going to accept it or it's not going to work. But obviously, you can't, if, like, if you've got a wife and kids and a job and responsibilities and, and financial well, responsibilities is much more difficult. Yeah, so that's the only reason. Like, I even if you're really if you're young and thinking about getting into it, yeah, don't wait until you have a wife and kids and all that. Like, you need well, to do that's it. That's why you know when I you know found you know you and Clay and Keegan, it's like you all had lifestyles that already lended themselves to this. He's like, these guys are perfect. They're, nobody's going to date these idiots. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he was like, Ryer? Nobody wants him. I can't say that. You know, I'll probably get in trouble with some sort of government thing if I said, yeah, these guys are so ugly, nobody's going to marry them. We don't have an HR department. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it like, it's like, you know, they've lived this lifestyle. They understand what it means to be gone. They understand schedules are never in stone. They understand... Trips can be much longer and much shorter. Um, they understand how to manage gear. They understand, you know, those are all really important aspects of this. Somebody that, you know, I was talking to, you know, Winter Productions last night. He's like, he's never been on an airplane. I'm like, huh? really? I wish I'd never been on an airplane. I love airplanes. Well, you're weird. But it, it's it's a very... Don't get on an airplane. It's not even... You're just scared of heights. 
Don't look out the window. You don't, you, you, <laughs> you might as if well you be literally don't the whole time. Don't look out the window and don't think about the fact that you're thirty thousand feet up in a metal tube <laughs> that could come crashing down at any second. Actually, air travel is incredibly safe because there's a ridiculous amount of redundancy built into the systems. But go on an airplane. How old are you, Nathan? You can't be afraid of airplanes at whatever anyway, age you're of. It's 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 a very it's a very very unique lifestyle and I had to explain that to my wife about how in terms of you know when I before I started doing this job I used to think the world was so big you know because you only you never really been out of the southeast Mm -hmm. much and now it's like the world's so small it's a plane ride away you want to go to Alaska okay we'll be there you want to go to Africa sure let's go you want to go to wherever it's like sure I think the problem is once you start like I was probably in kind of the same boat as you I remember you saying when you were um, growing up and stuff, like you had no interest in traveling. Not like, a I bit. Didn't, you didn't care to see anything, and I think uh, I was probably kind of the same way. Um, I was like, it's I don't really care to go places. Yeah. I don't need to see anything. I don't have oh, any yeah. desire to go see these things. Like, and then I started doing this, and you start going places. Not want to go, and anywhere. you're like, ah, I would like to always go everywhere. Yeah, like I want to go see all the places and all the things and eat. All the different foods and go everywhere. I want to go there, there, and there. Been there. Don't ever want to go there again. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But like, I want to be able to say, <laughs> got a couple Indiana? of those. No, <laughs> got a couple of those. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Like I've lived my whole life out of a suitcase. Yeah. Like we traveled so much growing up. Really? And I lived out of a baseball I mean, bag. I was in Italy when I was in kindergarten. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. So like, I've been all over the place. For my whole life. You, you like, went to school in Italy? No, like, we went on vacation. Oh, nice. My uncle was stationed there in the Air Force. Oh, very cool. So we went to visit. And, like, I swam in the streets of Venice when it flooded. Nice. That No, super unsanitary. (laughs) What my mother was thinking, don't know. But, (laughs) although, knowing me, I probably just jumped in and whatever. But, anyway. Explains a lot about, like, your hair and your your stomach issues. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. No, it's just, like. It's funny because the life's so different, and mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't get, you get to live a normal person left. life. No, you don't. You don't get to live a normal person life. And, and, and I, I think about that a lot because sometimes, like, man, but here's it the would thing. be would nice to just I well I think in my head uh, it would be nice like if I just had a job where I just like I just showed up at eleven. Um, <laughs> I would the, say that nine. Thing you do anyway. I would say nine, but I I don't want to get up <laughs> at that time. Um, and, like, work until, what, seven? And then when I'm done, whatever, nine to five, if it makes everybody happy. Um, and then when it's time to go, you just, like, click, and you're out. You're done with whatever it is that you're doing. You don't have to think about it anymore. And then you just go, mm-hmm. and you know it's Tuesday, so I'm going to go eat tacos at this place with all of my friends because we do that every week. And on Thursday, we're going to all do this thing. And on Saturday that and Sunday, so much anxiety thinking I, about that. I go do these things. There's part of it. There's and you just, hold on. Sorry. And you just go through and do that. And I think in my head, wow, that must be so nice. But then also I think I would literally go insane. You would. I would sink into a depressive episode so deep. Think about how many people <clears throat> say that now. It's like I worked in a, this job for 30 years and like, I was going to do it for, you know, a year and get some experience. Now I blink and it's 10, 15, 20 years later. 
Yeah. And they've done that same thing, and it's like their life's gone. That makes my skin crawl. Just yeah. Like oh yeah, it does me too. You know, and, and and to think I'm literally 27, and I've I've been in a lot of places, and I still have a fear of like not having gone all the places I want to go. I but just here, realized I turned 28 next week. Nice. Oh. But here, here's the thing. It's like happy birthday. Y- you you do this. <laughs> and you Wait, think, when? Is it during the class? Mm-hmm. Nice. We need a cake. I'll, no. I'll let Jason. Ellsworth, because oh, yeah, I can eat cake. No, I'm sure there's some kind of cake you we'll can get eat. Him Gross. like a granola what, bar. What about a meat cake? Oh, <laughs> like a meatloaf. Please, please Ooh, a meatloaf. Please. A meatloaf with a happy birthday written in ketchup on the top. Honestly, I, I would take that for my birthday. That'd be awesome. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought about that a lot. You know how unstressful it would be to just have a nine to five where you don't have any responsibilities, but like. Then you look at it. I always think in terms of. I always think of things in the long term. It's like, okay, when I'm 50 and I've been doing that job for 20 years or 30 years or whatever, it's like, what have I accomplished? What have I gained? Where mm-hmm. have I been? Nothing. I got a four fat 401k, but now I'm 50, 60 years old, and all the stuff I wanted to do and all the places I want to see, I can't do it anymore. Like I, I just don't understand. That's. Um, I had a client a bunch of years ago. They were from England. We were talking about traveling in Europe, and like it's somewhere I've always wanted to see more of, mm-hmm. and just appreciate all of it. And she goes, "Why would you go there now at this age? Go overseas when you're older, and like have things kind of built up and your money kind of set up where you can go to these places and really experience it. Travel now while you're young in this country because it's just like all those other ones, just in one country. Mm-hmm. And just see it all now. Do this while you can and really, truly experience what you have here. Yeah. And that kind of hit me a little different. And yeah. There's only one thing I would care about, like, going over the Europe for and, like, Russia over there. I would love to ra- ride the Trans-Siberian Railway. I've always thought that would be really cool to, like, get on and think it goes from, like... Is it called the Trans-Siberian Railway? I think so. Do they play the Trans-Siberian Orchestra the whole time, I was about to too? say. I don't know. And it's they also serve hot chocolate. They may or may not go Polar skidding. Express. Oh, they may or may not go skidding across the ice. But yeah, that's I've, a Polar it Express. Start, it starts somewhere in Europe and goes all the way across huh. Russia and everything. It's like the longest railroad in the world. And it takes like <clears throat> five or seven days. Yeah, that would be super like cool. Like nonstop. Like, just, like you literally start in Europe in the cities and you go all the way. And they said there's a... I can't remember the statistic, but like you go into the forest in Siberia and it's literally wall to wall trees with no breaks for like 40 solid hours of running like 50 miles an hour in a train. Like there's nothing. Now I hear stuff like that. I'm like, I got to see it. I've always wanted to do it. Like something I've always like, that would be really cool. Well, I know a production company that could probably do some advertising for that railway. No desire whatsoever to go see anything else over there though. Really don't care about seeing Europe. I'd love to go shoot. Pretty much IMAX. a hellhole. Don't want to go. I'd like to go. So if you're if you're a client who has work in Europe, oh, we almost got to go to Spain. We thought you know. we could go to Spain. Mm-hmm. I, I was, was real excited. Send, I was going to send you too. I know. We had a whole conversation about it. <laughs> I was real excited. I was like, yes, I'll go now. Ready to go. And you're like, well, we're not sure if it's happening. Like, make it happen. Budgets. Mm. It the, is amazing how different cur- we have to the, be built to do this. The though. curse word in our industry: budget. Yeah. What's the budget? Ooh. <laughs> Don't talk about the oh, money. We have to pay you people. Oh God. Lord have mercy. It's kind of funny though. Bless like, us the Lord. three weeks that I was in the office, 
like by the end of week three, I was like not doing well. Like I needed to leave and like go travel and mm-hmm. like go to work, even though like I was working twenty hours a day. I said I just like needed to go travel I, and yeah. see something else. I could so. tell. It's it's a transition. <laughs> it is. It's tough. I don't like being in the office, but I've also accepted that like part of my job has to, has to be here. Thank God for you. You know, but it's one of those things to where you find what you're good at and what your knack is and figure out where you do your best work, whether that's in the field, at the office, or a combination thereof. There's always going to be office parts of this, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it's a sad the roads in the south are so busy because I'm used to being able to drive around the Midwest, not west, oh, and be able to still do all of my work while don't driving. Talk, don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to me about how bad traffic is. It's so bad. I was literally thinking last night as I was driving home, this is the only place that I've lived where people go under the speed limit on pretty, a regular basis. It's pretty, it's pretty and it annoying. fills huh. me with so much rage. There's I also can, like mountains and turns. I and don't crap. care. I lived in Colorado. There's mountain and turns there, everywhere. People still ball. <laughs> down down here, people aren't balling. Well, we got if a bunch anybody of old ever here. has an option to drive with Ryer or anybody else, ride with the other people. <laughs> just saying. Caleb is just as bad as me. Not even close. You're lying. I didn't say it. He said it. No. Caleb is real But bad. I bet both of you hate when I drive because I drive like an old person. I don't care. I'll fall asleep. I didn't notice you drive like an old person today. I super always do. Mm-hmm. I fall asleep. We probably need to wrap this up. It's 5 o'clock. Yeah. I got stuff I want to do. I have my, I have a whole I have studio my, to build. It's Wednesday. I mean, I have uh, wine Wednesdays <laughs> with my group. It's always it's, I'm going to be late today. They hate that. <laughs> God, you're a special. We, kind we of can't person. even do a podcast every Wednesday for a full yeah, year straight. No, much less go to slow pitch softball league. Golly, but that would be fun. Or bar league volleyball. Oh. I would love have I would like to have time to like have some sort of I would love to get back into some sort of coaching. If we all you know, did baseball, a sport, I just don't have time. I don't want it to be baseball or softball. I need it to be something that well, Clay and three. Caleb haven't played. Did you play it? Yeah, for like twelve years. Oh, see, I don't want that. I want something that none of us have played, so that we can all be on the same level. Like so you what? just don't want to be worse than us. No. That's not what it is at all. I'm fine being worse. I just don't want it to be like Caleb's every time. I don't athlete in the office. He's going to be better than you at everything. Form, yeah. Formally, I just don't want to show up and have to listen to everybody talk about their former baseball lives for every single time we go play. Oh my god, that's Clay. That is not me. Clay is much worse than mm. me. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, uh, he did talk about it at iCast. D- really. About baseball at ICAST, yeah, absolutely. When he went 0 for 3 the first time of the duck tank. <laughs> oh, see, he didn't tell us that part of the story. He told us that. Yeah, he definitely told us he that. He told us that. Yeah. I have video evidence if you want to watch. I would like Speaking to watch. Of, I've got like two or three Redneck Tech videos on my phone I need to give you. Oh. Forgot to give them to you. Look at that. All right. Any final thoughts? Any Any questions, comments, anything we need to think about? Talk about? Speak now or forever hold your peace. I don't know. I'm excited for next week. I think yeah. this production class is going to be really cool. Those of y'all that are coming, it's going to be great to meet y'all mm-hmm. and see some of y'all. Cause I've met some of y'all already. Hope you're but ready to learn. Open your minds. And let all the... I'm really sad we have to see Jason Ellsworth again. Mm-hmm. That's really going to suck. I'm super sad about it. He you know, just keeps I just coming saw around. him in New York. I know. How does he keep ending up on all the trips? It's like cockroaches. You just can't kill him. Yeah. 
He just continually. It's like it must I'm somewhere, Jason's somewhere. It must be something about his terrible demeanor and yeah. inability to get along with others. <sighs> and his awful cooking. Never hire Ellsworth cooks. <laughs> We're, we're just totally, kidding, Jason. We're, totally, we're just kidding. We're totally kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding. Don't nobody can ever hire him, so I can just keep him. Oh, that's fair enough. Remember, no sweet potatoes. We don't like it down here, apparently. Mm. Sweet potato slap. That's what I'm saying. False. Oh, sweet potato tater tots. Okay, listen Ooh. to me. Oh. If I'm paying for the food, we're not eating freaking sweet potatoes. <laughs> okay, just putting that out there. Sweet potatoes are delicious. We good? You don't like yams right. either? No, God. No. Even with marshmallows on top? Gross. Get mm-hmm. out of here with your crap food. Ready? All right. All right. Peace. Deuces. Peace.